Thank you for downloading this episode of the Football Purist Podcast. For more episodes, go to www.footballpurist.com and you can also find us at iTunes. So let's get Amber West Ham podcast with me, Nick Davis. And me, Jack Davis. Come on. Why are you dancing? <laughs> no, just come on. Podcast time. Let's do this. Do you want to begin? Let's begin. Um, first of all, we're back together, Friends Reunited, after last week. When yep. We were all separated, but I thought, I thought last week was really good. It was actually. <coughs> so again, I know we seem to be saying this every week, but it's been really well received again. Uh Amazing well, amount of downloads. Now you're going to take the piss, call me queer or something like that. Yeah. Or what a cracking guest Kingsley was. Was was the hype justified? Was the hype of him being your boyfriend, was it justified? Yeah. Do, yeah. do believe the hype of Kingsley Finch, that's what I say. Well, we, 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 like we said on the uh, end of that episode, we, we'll try and get him on again. And we do, we do a lot of live one. Yeah. Where... yeah, we're all three of us together, so obviously the sound quality will be a bit better as well. I can't, yeah, I've got to apologise for that. Because I realised every time I was moving my iPad, because I, I didn't have my technical support here, Jack, it was making a bit of a crack, like a bit of a noise. But yeah. um, next time, if we did it like that, I'll sort it out. You didn't have me to do uh, my <coughs> sign language to you. Like, for yeah. this podcast, I just literally move my hand until you can move forward especially, a little bit. Especially when we was interviewing Jack Collison. Yeah. Things like that. Like, well, I thought we had to fucking get that right, didn't we? I think yeah, we messed yeah. that up. Uh, just while we're on the subject of like introductions and shout outs, shout out to the Osborne Pub in Southampton Docks. Which we visited on Saturday. I only thought I only really like, remember today that we did shots on Saturday. Oh, no, it, I know. I ain't done shots in about seven it, years. Shall I tell you what? I ain't done shots at a football match since we last went to Southampton. Something about Southampton. Must be something about Southampton. I didn't feel that pissed though. Really, I didn't feel like. I, I, I didn't feel that pissed, but then obviously the cab journey. If you want to explain <laughs> that to people, I felt a bit pissed on well, that. Well, we went to a part like the Osborne, which Jack just mentioned, to meet a couple of people. Um... That was a bit out of the way, didn't we? Yeah, well, it was about 30, 40 minute walk from uh, St Mary's. So obviously we had to get an Uber. <laughs> and did we get an Uber? <laughs> we actually, uh, I'll actually, once I get off this, I'll retweet it off the podcast account. Or no, I'll, I'll put it up on a podcast account because you put a picture on Facebook, didn't you? Yeah. We've got a selfie of me, Nick, and the actual cab driver himself. <laughs> just, I, I don't even know why. But. It just happens. The funniest thing was, it's like, do you know what we drive? Um, yeah, I'm from South London. And I just I just went, what, Charlton? Just put Charlton. And he went, no. And I went, what, Crystal Palace? He then took his eyes off the road. His eyes lit up. And he was like, yes, yes. He, he literally didn't have a hand on the steering wheel. He was <laughs> hugging Nick in the front seat. Like, yes, yes. Just because I said Crystal so, Palace. So we was lucky we made it there in one piece, to be honest. But yeah, no, uh, shout out to the Osborne. Because obviously... As an uh, away group of people or away group of fans, you usually get shifted into the Yates in the town centre. And I heard that that was like, absolutely rammed. It was hard to get a drink. But this, it's basically just us by ourselves. Yeah, us, about 10 of us, yeah, yeah, us and our group of like, mates by ourselves. Drinks. 10% off drinks as well. Drinks. Little season ticket cards. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I had a really good day on Saturday, actually. We'll get onto it, but I thought, I thought it was a really good day. Yeah, so if anyone's Great in, in and around Great. Southampton, visit the Osborne pub. Uh, also, just completely. Off key as well. Amos Nasher. Amos Nasher, yeah, we'll give him a shout at the end actually for anyone that hasn't heard. Uh, Andre Ayu's Ghana lost last night to Burkina Fasu. Lost one nil in the third place playoff. So hopefully, well, we should, hopefully you should be back for Saturday against West Brom. But then I'll come on to this, but then will he make it into the team? But well, like I said, we'll come on to well, this. Yes, <coughs> open debate. Well, we might as well get started because uh, in this podcast we'll be covering two results obviously, the Man City game and the Southampton game. It's been quite a bipolar week, really, isn't it? Well, there's some some sort of stand up, you know. Um, well, we as we start this, let's go on to the city game. We were saying before the game that we can't set up defensively and backing off like we did in the cup, and we've basically done exactly that. Fifteen minutes, we held strong. <laughs> yeah, we've done all right, and I thought this would do quite looks quite decent. But then we just, like I said again, it was. There was no intensity. What, what, what Antonio been doing recently is actually playing up side by side with Carroll. But, but for that game, he was deeper. He was behind Carroll, and like we were just 
even Carol was like basically on a halfway line. We we're just inviting pressure on ourselves. Like it was literally a carbon copy of the cup. I tell you game. what, two people I wouldn't blame though. You just mentioned them by name there, Carol and Antonio. Yeah, no, I wouldn't blame them, but you could just tell that it's obviously it was obviously what they'd been told. So they were just. But we um, we said they'd been told they they'd been told something completely different. If you were listening to Jose Font, yeah, he said they didn't execute the game plan. Uh, but it's it's what was worrying then. Looking at that after the Man City game, before the Southampton game, is was the individual mistakes creeping in again. Right, you're gonna start with Chris Will. Well, let, this I'll break them all down. So I've got them all written down here, and then after we'll go back through. Right, I'll make my comments after. So first of all, it's Chris Will fought for the first goal with uh, that pass inside. Basically, I can't remember who it was to Bruyne or someone to, directly to yeah, one of their players. And then there's people saying, "Oh yeah, it never should have been a goal because he was fouled." At the end of the day, that's. It's regardless. Yeah, it's just you don't like you can't blame the defensive weak mindset on that. And right? that it, yeah, no, at the end of the because like, there was people talking about a foul on Cresswell, weren't there? That's what I was saying about. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's oh. what I mean. Like, you can't blame his sloppiness on saying that that might have been a foul. Yeah, because at the end of the day, if, if we hadn't made that pass inside, then we wouldn't have been that. We wouldn't have been anyway. that problems anyway. So like, I, I don't go for that. To be fair, uh, second goal, Byron was skinned far too easily. I mean, you got Sane coming inside. Even if he's gonna get, even if he's got the ball partial, bring him down. Don't yeah, my argument sides. was there. Just bring him. He's basically on the halfway line. And as yeah. soon as he started making an advance, advances towards the box, just bring him down. Yeah, he? but even he was on the halfway line. He's <laughs> right. He's run down a wing, so he's hugging a touchline. Then all of a sudden, he's thought, oh, "I've got to get across here." And there's no one to cross it into, so he's sort of turned his body shape and gone for a direct run into the box. Byron, bring him down outside the area. Don't let him get that far. Honestly, I've got question marks about both our fullbacks at the moment. Really? Yeah. Well, Crystal has been. Since his England cap. Uh, yeah, since England cap, he's not he's not been as good. Uh, and then at two 0 Crestwell had that chance where he's put through by Andy Carroll one on one. If that if that was uh, Lanzini, Maybe yeah, if that was Lanzini. But again, it was an absolutely fantastic touch from Crest, first touch from Crestwell uh, to bring it down, bring it into his stride. But he's just ballooned it over the bar. I don't no. quite know what he's done there. That goes two one. You're back in it, aren't you? Are you... And I mean, there's people saying obviously he's a left back at that, but arguably he's one of the best strikers of the football at the club. Yeah, and then go, in a way, I don't care what you are, you can still get that on target in the position he was in, the time that he had. Yeah. Uh, and then a the third goal, again, it was sloppy pass by my favourite person, Obiang, who I'll actually openly admit was that he was poor on, on Wednesday. No, no, I don't think no one could have held their heads up by on Wednesday, though. So no. Apart from, I think, apart from Carol Antonio, really. Yeah. yeah. And then fourth goal, obviously, it was a penalty where Fonte clipped Sterling. And looking at it back and looking at it at the time, it was a penalty. Although Sterling didn't go down, I still don't give up the fact that he was actually clipped by Fonte. Uh, I mean, for me, for me, you know, you see what you think about this, right? It just shows you we are... I mean, we, could, we should have competed better. We, mm. could, we could have competed better. But it shows me how far we are off. Yeah. Like, how far we are away from being anywhere near to be able to compete with sides like that. Yeah. Well, Danny Gavidon raised a good point. He came out and said that West Ham are the worst team in the Premiership without the ball. Which yeah, is which is pretty fair assumption. Which I is think. like bang on. But you think about it. What was our strength last season when we played the big teams? How hard we work without, without the ball? How hard we work without the ball? And what's actually ball changed? Counter attack. I mean, you can't. You can't. I'm not going to say it quickly. You can't blame that on Pyatt. No. Because he was never one for working without the ball anyway. So. Again, he's like you. Like to say on a couple of previous podcasts, he's a luxury player because he was. So, what's actually the intensity he's dropped off? But and it's, it's concerning to me, but it's not it's not really a big flashing light. Cause it's something that I've known, unless you go out and spend 100 million, mm. you're not going to be able to compete with this top six because this top six are so far and away yeah. better than anything else in the league. And that's that's shown up by the table. You've got, you got the top six and you've got the rest. Yeah. Well, I want to say to you the other day, I was watching match of the day. You've got the top six and then anyone could beat anyone. Yeah. You have a full team team on their day, anyone could beat anyone. Mm-hmm. It's almost as if the top six of like after last season with Leicester winning it and that have like sort of dressed themselves down and said, right, we need to take a look at ourselves now, exactly. let Leicester win the league. And this season, I really have come on strong. I mean, no Chelsea are running away with it to an extent up top, but still. That top six. And maybe. You, you still. Like like you said, the top it's the top six. And maybe Everton. Maybe Everton, but you don't know who's going to finish top four, which makes it more interesting exactly. out of them top six. So, <coughs> just on a City game, I've just like written down, like I thought Obiang and Noble were poor. I thought Fagouli was woeful. Uh, and I thought Cresswell and Byron were non-existent. Is it time to start phasing Noble out? It's the point I put across, because obviously you've got Josh, Josh Cullen who's tearing it up. Well, 
Oh. And it's obviously someone we know on a coach as well who works for the club says Josh Cullen is absolutely different class. I mean, I, I would have called Cullen back. I don't know if we could have done I would have called Cullen back and Burke back at Christmas. Yeah. I know, but I know Burke's injured now. But I, I think, again, it comes back to the things that me, you and King were saying. We've got nothing really to play for. We're not going to get relegated. We're not going to... Um, qualify for Europe unless something dramatic happens yeah. so I think this you are for season now for 13, 14 games to start phasing your Josh Cullens your mm. um, even your Reese Oxfords maybe Yeah. Well, I think we signed Fonte but I mean you've got Ginge, <coughs> Ginge there but surely Ginge could I'm not I'm not having a pop at they've loaned Reese Oxford I'm quite happy about it but yeah. we're kind of in a position now whereby we have got half a season to have a little bit of an experiment mm. Well, I think yes. Well, did you? Am I, am I wrong there? Because, but cause the other way you look at it is the fact that if we did start experimenting and we did start getting smashed up, then people would be like, "Oh, we're doing that for?" So yeah, it's yeah, a people, bit of, people mm. would be like, "Oh yeah, look what happened not in the forest." I mean, I know that's slightly yeah. different because we put a whole side out, but with, cer- with certain West Ham fans, you can't win. They tell you to put the kids in, but when you do put the kids in, they're like, "Why yeah. do you expose them to that?" In answer to your question, yeah, I definitely think. That yeah, that was no, more no. a point about Noble. I mean, obviously, what, it's good against Southampton. We'll come on to it, but I I think he's just too slow now. And like, I love him, and he's like seems like a great bloke, and he's been a great captain and stuff. But it's I raised the point with Dad the other lunchtime as well. Mark Noble last year was flying into tackles and stuff like that, and being a proper leader on the pitch. And I'm not like knocking or having a go at his leadership, but I'm saying yeah, for the other players, if they've seen that Mark Noble this season isn't flying into tackles and that. What sort of example are they going to take from that? It's like it. the game's passing him by. <coughs> well, you know my theory on this. I've told, said it plenty of times on another podcast. But I think he put all his effort, his energy into getting an England call up. Mm. And when it didn't happen, he's think, look, I've had the fucking season of my life here. And yeah. it ain't happened. Now there's a little bit, cause maybe consciously, subconsciously, as he's dropped his levels a little bit. Yeah. Uh, let's quickly discuss the new signings coming in. Obviously, front they started, and it was a difficult game for him to come in. Can I just can I make one more point? What's crossed my brain? It crossed my mind about Mo Noble quickly. Yeah. I mean, we said about bringing Josh Cullen back, blah, blah, blah. But you've got two players that edit. You, could, you should be playing Koyati and Obiang in the middle, really. You should be, but then there's obviously other variables affecting, aren't there? Like at the right back situation. Yeah, right. We'll, we'll, we'll maybe come but we, you know, we'll come on to that in Southampton, um, which obviously is prominent there. But so, Font A, obviously, it's a difficult game, difficult game to come into. Because that front three really clicked with Man City against us. Sane, Sterling and Jesus. And, and I think, just another point, I think that's the bear, not the bare bones, but that's the spine of Pep Guardiola's Man City you're seeing now. Mm. Quick, young, attacking players. Yeah, because Aguero's come out and said he's uh, he's going to play for these three months and then see what happens at the end of the season, see if City still want him at the end of the season. Well, I just think Pop got Pop. Pup Guardiola, Pep Guardiola needs to make a statement, and he's not frightened of making statements. Yeah, and that'll be his statement that he makes now. Mm. But in you know, in answer to your question about Font, I think again, I don't, I shouldn't read social media. I know he's a massive thing in football now, but people slaughtering him after one game, and he didn't even do a lot wrong. No, people slaughtering him after twenty minutes as well, which obviously, if you slaughter him after twenty minutes, then you're obviously sitting at home watching the game, which says a lot about you. Yeah, exactly. But. Uh, Again, don't get me wrong, if people can't get to games for whatever reason, yeah. but you have to take some people's comments with a pinch of salt. Some some people, I'm not being funny, spend more. I've seen them at games. I've seen mm. them at games. Sit on their phone, tweeting, Facebooking, whatever. Yeah. yeah sorry what, about they're that. watching. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I, no, but I'm not saying that. But I always do when I get in. Yeah. I think I'm now, I'm at the game. I'll take mm-hmm. my point on board about the game and I'll sit and think about what I want to write. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, no, I, um, I'm not in, not into it. I'm not having it. Um, also, just another point about fans. What about mm. that guy's left with his child after 20 minutes? Yeah, well, again, that just says a lot about certain people, doesn't it, at the end of the day? Fair mm. play to them people like us that stayed for the full 90 minutes. And people that uh, sung. Yeah, it was lower. quite a decent atmosphere. I don't care. I don't care if we're getting battered 5 or 6 nil. I just, I love it. I said, I'll put a uh, Facebook status in after that game. <laughs> Because someone went, oh, did you leave early? And I was like, I've, in my whole 17 years of going, I've only left one game early, and that was Arsenal away at the Emirates. We had a parking issue, didn't we? Yeah, we had a parking issue, <coughs> and obviously we conceded four goals in 10 minutes after half-time. And then we, Dan, Danny we, Potts. Yeah, Danny Potts got knocked out, and then we literally rushed to get there from work, because it was a Tuesday night, and the uh, parking was shit, and it was going to get blocked in after, so I just thought, what's the point in yeah, the day? But in 17 years, yeah, one then, game. Yeah, we've probably done about... 
900 games between us. Yeah. That ain't a bad ratio. No. And then just second point, not Snodgrass. I thought he'd done well when he came on, actually. I thought he offered more midfield than Fazuli had done all afternoon. But yeah. All evening. But we'll, we'll come on Snodgrass uh, in the uh, Southampton match review. But today's prominent in, in summary, we didn't do enough. We just no. didn't do enough. We didn't lay a glove on them, I don't think. Which we... And it was... The thing for me, it was worrying going into the next game as to how it was going to affect us. And I was disappointed because I, I, in leading up to the game, I thought, oh, we're coming off the back of two great results and mm-hmm. they're wobbling a little bit. We're at home. Maybe, maybe it is a point that's on, I think, on KUMB made that when the lights of Arsenal City come to our ground, because our ground is that, uh, that our pitch is that slight bit bigger to Upton Park, they prefer the extra space as opposed to we do because we're not used to playing on it. Well, yeah. But anyway... Let's move on. Southampton, which we both went to, away. Another fantastic away day. Oh, Always right. is when we go to Southampton. Uh, starting 11, Randolph, <laughs> Kiate Reid, Fonte Cresswell at the back. Obiang Noble, Faguli Snodgrass, with Antonio and Carroll up front. Uh, Lanzini was on the bench due to illness, which I was a bit worried about at first. Yeah. I think We didn't know who was ill. I mean, yeah. And apparently it looked like he was dropped over Faguli. Uh, but another big thing was no Byram either. Failed a fitness test, which makes you think, why did we not sign a right back? Oh, I'm, I'm fed up talking about it. I've but, uh, talked about it for about the past seven weeks. He's stupid. He's stupid. I, know, I know we're fed up talking about it, but we've got a little sort of... Talk about it. Yeah, no, we've got a little uh, sort of transfer review section, because obviously we've been in the end of the transfer window. Yeah. Just a couple of questions thrown in there. But yeah, Byram, every game since he's come back, he seems to have picked up a knock after every game. He's been touch and go for the next game, which... And nothing, nothing against him, but maybe we can't rely on him. Maybe he has got injury issues now because he's suffered like quite severe hamstring injury. He's been here a year, and I'm well, betting he's missed more games than he could have played. Like in the ratio yeah. of games that he could have played, he's missed more than he could more than he's played. And just linking it back into that city game, because we just talked about how we was worried about how it's going to affect us. Going one 0 down early, you started thinking, yeah. what is going on? I thought that we were going to have to. Oh, I was going to have to start. Defending Billich again, I thought we were gonna have the Billich out the bay again. Yeah, because he'd already put pressure on himself. Well, not really, he hadn't put pressure on himself. That's the wrong phrase. But uh, people were already suspicious because of Lanzini being on the bench, so it didn't take long. Yeah. Also, can I just say, like, I'm furious about the fact that we've got our best, well, arguably, I'd say, our best central midfielder along with Obiang, but our most consistent performer mm. playing at right back. What's going? What's well, going? it goes, but it goes back to transfers, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know, but what? what it's, I'd, I'd, I'd not rather see anyone play there, but I don't know if I'd rather see Antonio play there. No, I wouldn't. No, no it's just, oh, it, I just find it so frustrating. You know how much I love Kiyoti. Yeah, but then... I've got fear about Kiyoti later on. But about. he stops throwing goals in if he brought Antonio back. It's different. If we just if we just signed a right back... Yeah. But anyway, their goal, <laughs> slight suspicion of offside, but give benefit of that striker because I hope that's what would happen if that, in that situation if it happened to yeah. us. <laughs> what? It wouldn't. But they wouldn't, yeah, but... Uh, it's that Manolo Gabbiadino who we've been interested in. I thought, I thought he was decent. I thought he was decent. Yeah, yeah you no, know, he looked lively. But whether he's going to be one of these Italians looks lively for the first couple of games, and then <coughs> excuse me, uh, but it's a decent finish actually. Yeah, Randolph had no Randolph, chance. Like, literally, it was about a couple of yards out away from Randolph, and he just he just smashed it. Yeah, full, full force into the top corner. And it was it was a great finish. Yeah, that like, was. But I was pleased with the way we responded. We responded really quickly. And then obviously uh, Carroll got his goal. Absolute great run from Carroll. Great and pass from equal, Pedro. Equally vision. great pass from Pedro. And he was man of the match, which I'm not surprised about. Lovely to see Andy Carroll get a different type of goal as well, isn't it? Yeah. Lovely feet, he's lovely got, finish. Weaker foot as well. Different oh, different type of goal from over three kicks. Do, do, I'm not even going to go there, but carry on. Andy Carroll, Andy Carroll, carry on. But... I, I'm going for it. I'm no, saying, you're going to jinx it. No, at the moment, at the moment... Most informed strike, English striker in the Premier League over the last. Defoe. It's tight, isn't it? It's tight. Mm. It's tight. I'll, I'll, I'll have that debate with you, but he's he's up there, isn't it? At the moment, yeah. when yeah. you look at, um, I mean, Kane's still scoring goals, but player that could be in and around there, yeah. for me, would be Carroll. But I hope he ain't. I, I don't mean I hope he ain't place for him. If he plays thirty straight games, the lads are getting in call up. Thirty straight, yeah. All yeah. Right, that's the deal. Thirty games without getting injured. You heard it here first. Uh, then second goal Pedro Obiang his first goal for West Ham Obiang 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 come out and told him to shoot more often I mean I think there was a slight defection but it was still a great strike Yeah. and I thought again he run the show in midfield I it was immense he, I think he's coming in we've done a debate a little while ago about 
hammer a season. If he carries on like this, I saw a poll again today because obviously the poll we did a couple of weeks ago, Antonio was way out in front and then sort of Reed was second. But now it appears Obiang second to Antonio. Tell you what, the amount of... We had quite a shit season, I think you'd agree. Mm. But the debate for player, the individual performances from individual players has been really good. Because you could name... I'd name about four or five players that I think could could take it. You yeah. know what I mean? So Yeah. Or even Randolph. Randolph, again, Reed. On, again, on Saturday, Randolph made a number of excellent saves. He, uh, he played... No, he, Randolph played really, really well, to be fair. There was a couple of times where if they'd have scored at certain points... And they could have easily come back into we, the game. We could have crumbled. We could have crumbled a little bit. But uh, just moving on to the third goal, after half time as well. Noble's free kick. Again, it took a slight deflection off Sean Davis. It's his goal, though. Yeah, it's, it's, his, it's his goal. But Fraser Forster again just didn't move. But you can see why because that bigger deflection. But we saw it out quite well, quite intelligently in the end. We we scored at the perfect times, didn't we? We uh, all the three ideal times really because right after them scoring, we scores. Then right before half time, then right after half time. And Antonio could have actually nicked the fourth. That one that is not wide. Yeah. Yeah, that's when he's coming in from wing back, weren't he? Uh right, let's get to it then for Goody. What do you make of him? Oh, he he, he shouldn't I don't think he should be involved again, to be fair, because it's just it, with the options we got now, we've snograss we've snograss and that. Um he should, um we've got enough options where he well he can sit on a bench if he likes, get him on for ten, fifteen minutes, but there's got to be some... I'm missing something, I think, because a lot of people don't... Yeah, that's what, I, I, that's why I've tried to sort of remain a bit more neutral, because I've sort of said that I don't rate him at all, and then people on Twitter have, like, got back to me and went, oh, what you on about? He, didn't, he deserves a chance. I thought like, he's doing really well. I don't, think, I don't think he works hard enough. That's I my main criticism. No, I don't think he works hard enough. And, like, I opened it up to our uh, joint podcast Twitter, and a lot of people got back to me, and, like, like I said, were, like, really in support of him. So I sort of took a step back and thought maybe maybe, maybe I'm the one in the wrong. But again, again like, like DM us, DM us with your opinion. Yeah, that. or even just even just tweet <coughs> us your opinions on Faguli because for me he's a winger and I've never seen someone be so far away from the ball at every opportunity, whether it's defending or attacking. Mm. And he gets the ball and you beat a man, but then and all right he gets across him, which is decent. But then if he does that once or twice in ninety minutes, what's that really achieving? And, and how it, the hell we stayed on for sort of 80, 90 minutes? It's a man that loses, loses a ball as well. And he's, I mean, he's lazy. He's, yeah. not, he's not the luxury tough player that Pyatt is where you can afford to carry him. You can't carry for Gulli. Right, I'm going to give you an argument. I'm going to give you a fair lot. I might not believe it, but I'm going to give you an argument for the sake of the podcast. Yeah. Um, does he need time? Does he need this time next year? If he stays, stays in getting involved in that, do you reckon he could significantly improve? Because he's the first season in England, if he settles down. Plays um, a decent amount of games and that. Do you think he could grow into playing in England? Possibly, but I think England's a lot more cutthroat than Spanish leagues where he's played before. Uh, you don't get that time, really. And wh- whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, it's the same with every player that comes to England. You get your uh, window of opportunity to perform. And if you don't, look at Gokantor. I mean, I know he's injured now. Look, no, look at Zaza. Yeah. And then, and- how. Obviously, people cast aspersions about Zaza after about sort of six games. How many games has Fagoli played now? How, how funny was that though the other day? Well, I don't, I don't play the fantasy football. Yeah. But he looked up my team, didn't know what I picked at the start of the season. Oh, yeah, you picked it at the start of the season. You ain't changed your fantasy football setting. You had Zaza in there. And Ogbonna. Ogbonna, yeah. <laughs> the two West Ham players I picked. And you had you had a couple of other people as well in there. But... Um, yeah, so no, the only positive about Fagoli is if we sell him, we are going to make a profit. We yeah. sign him on a free transfer, so... But like I said, I'll try and remain neutral and if anyone wants to have a discussion with us about yeah, it, then... There's 14 games left. Yeah, Phillips might say something in him. Yeah, yeah. well, whether, whether if Lanzini weren't here, whether he's going to start or not, whether the true sort of telltale sign will be on Saturday against West Brom. Can we talk about Robert Snodgrass now? You can. Just, uh, I, I think he's... Again, uh, well, we are kind of made the point the two, two signs we made. I know they're not, well, one of the British... But we we bought in solid Premier League experience, yeah, and I think that's really shown. Mm. Like, I, th- I think Snodgrass will make an impact with the last fifteen minutes we come on. I guess see. And I thought I thought it was well. Either it was Obiang and him. I think for man match nominations. Yeah, well, I mean, he he covered the most ground. He covered eleven point nine seven kilometers, and completed the most sprints, which was about twelve. I don't know how many sprints it was through the game. Uh. He played in a number of different positions as well, because obviously he started off on the left, but then 
when Antonio dropped to right back and Carroll come off, he started up. He went up front, yeah, so that's what but he just—he didn't stop running all game. He looked threatening as well. Yeah, so, so day, that's a good positive. Like a point I just made about Fagouli is like he might have time to but that's a good positive about signing English-based players. They can yeah. just get the ground running, can't they? And uh, comparing Snodgrass to Fagouli, Snodgrass just runs. He's not as lazy as Fagouli. Uh, but just obviously we're talking about Snodgrass talk about Fonta as well against his old club I thought he had a really good game I thought he was a elite leader again he's a leader isn't he and uh, both Reed and Fonta have both on different occasions complimented each other about how well they play together good already sign. good sign so that's, again that's good signs but my man will be hanging. man the match again I mean I know we just discussed him but obviously yeah. he's a he's real a, contender for Hammer of the Year at the end of the day like there was what, probably three four months ago there was rumours about him leaving in January window but now He's one of the first names, he's not the first name on the team sheet. Mm. You know? And I must say, go back for our podcasts when there were rumours about him leaving because he won't get enough games. Me and you were both distraught about it. Oh, that yeah. Because we could see that he had serious talent. Uh, Andy Carroll, 6 in 12 for the season. I think he's got five in his last six starts. But like I just said, keep him, keep him fit, keep him firing. I think he, he, on his day, he can tear anyone, a blue mm. one. Uh, just finally, little note on Southampton. They look really poor. Well, um,. Can I have 30 seconds to talk about Southampton? Yes. To see what you agree or disagree. Mm-hmm. I've got quite a few things to cut a few things loaded up here. You can't carry, if you're Southampton, you can't carry on ripping the core out of your team every pre-season and, or every transfer, every window, really, because we've just done it. We've just had uh, Fonte off them. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, we all know what a good manager Pochettino is. Yeah. He's proved it, he's proved it at Southampton, he's proved it at Spurs. Obviously, Koeman's a decent manager. Yeah. And they've managed these circumstances, but they can't. You can't keep doing it, and you can't keep producing miracles. I mean, they could. Like, I feel a bit harsh. They could win a cup. They're one game away from winning a cup. Mm. And st- but if I was a Southampton fan, I would be really, really worried about the direction of your football club. Yeah, no, I'd yeah. agree with that. That's pretty bang on. That was like your uh, discussion with Stan Collymore the other day. Yeah, no, straight just, to the point. No, just get the point. Get the points across, isn't it? Um. If anything did happen to them, we don't really need wingers now, but one player I do like, Nathan Redmond. Nathan Redmond. I really like him. And obviously, I know he was injured and he's out for a few months now, but the big boy's going to be after Virgil van Dijk as well. That's what I mean. Like, that's why I, really, I was talking to someone before the game on Saturday. That's why I really fancied us. They're missing both... I know Fonte didn't play for a couple of weeks pre-signing for us, mm. but they miss, you're missing both centre-halves now. Yeah, and they're playing sort of... Yoshida at left uh, at centre back when he's it's by tiny. trade left and he's left back by trade when he first came on the scene at Southampton he was a left back. So no, well, that's one to watch. So that's worrying times. Uh, let's move on to this Saturday anyway. West Brom, big biggish game, biggish yeah. game. Two. Now this brings up a point. Lanzini, by Bi- uh, and Byram are all back, and obviously Kiarty is back now as well. Who starts? Well, if if you start Byram, you're gonna have to change something in the midfield because you're not gonna drop Kiarty, are you? No. What I was thinking is. I had a brief thought about it. Uh, bring Byram in, drop for Goody, and then bring Kiate in to midfield. Yeah. And then I'd drop Noble for Lanzini, which I know is a big call, but I just think at the end of the day, you've got to play, play our most on-form players and our best players on the day. And I just, think that's the best way of doing it. But devil's advocate, not saying I agree, because he's our captain, he's just scored a goal. Yeah. No, I'm not going to I'm just saying, I'm just... But again, look at you got to look at performances. <laughs> um, I think uh, it'd be a bit of physical, tough game. If we were talk about the game, yeah, it will be. I mean, West Brom are fourth in a form table, and we're ninth. So that says it all, really. Yeah. Everton in the top of form table, yeah, coincidentally. But uh, I think it will be a harder game to Southampton. It'll be a much harder game. So obviously, it's Tony Pulis at the yeah. end of the day. Uh, but at least we're getting some bodies back now. We're looking, yeah. we're looking good. We're like, as much as in certain areas, I'm still not happy. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we've addressed it well enough. But AU's back now, or should be back, touch wood. Yeah, be interesting to see if Carroll plays, because obviously he come off with a Gordon injury again. But again, all we're in is, is precaution, precaution, precaution. Yeah. So hopefully it is, and it's nothing more untoward. Uh, let's get your prediction on this, because a couple of questions, sort of generic questions after. Point. 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. Yeah. Decent moment going, so right. Well, every time I go for us to win, we uh we lose. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go boring nil nil. Right, we're renowned, we're renowned for them against uh West Brom. Anyway, we're 14, 14 points off sixth and 11 points off 18th. Mm. Should we be looking up or down? We've got to be looking up, haven't you? We've got yeah. to be looking up. So I've got the league table here, obviously. 
Can we? Oh, I know this is probably not what you got planned, but mm-hmm. can we discuss some football teams here? Yeah, go for it. I mean, can we talk? Can we talk about Arsenal? Yeah. So yeah, Arsenal, are, Arsenal are in fourth at the moment. Um, I mean, but I think we both agree they're out there. Not going to win league now. No. Not going to win league after their last two results. Well, they're twelve points behind Chelsea. Obviously, uh, Arsenal are on forty-seven points. Chelsea are on fifty-nine now. Are they going to? Are they going to finish in top four? I don't think they will. Is that good enough for Arsenal Football Club? No. No. And in a way, obviously, our granddad's an Arsenal fan, and I've got a few mates who are Arsenal I've got, fans. I've got no hatred. I'm not, not no, I've got, I've got no hatred for Arsenal, but I hope they do finish outside the top four, because then it might make the board think about Wenger's position. Because the whole time they're getting fourth, they're like, oh yeah, we're happy, we're getting money coming in, we're, and we're a, safe. And there's a point, a point that I made all the time. I think, I'm not percent sure what I'm right saying, highest, play, highest Premier League season tickets. Yeah. You're not compete. You're not competing for nothing, mate. Really? No. And I, I think it's actually out of order. I think it's out of order. Mm. And you look at Arsenal. They've got Liverpool below on forty six points, and May United on forty five. May United are starting to get themselves together. Can Can you imagine if May United were to finish above Arsenal and Liverpool, which is not beyond the realms of possibility at this stage now? No. Like I said, especially the way May United are playing lately. He's get, he's getting them. He's getting them ready. Yeah. He's getting. I know, I know it's a big call. Really, there's a lot of things. But you give him another eighteen months. You give him another two, three transfer windows. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about Liverpool? Can you, just quickly. Yeah. Go on. You talk uh, about Liverpool because uh, I've got a team I want to talk about after as well. Right. Um. No, you go first. Then you go first. Oh, well, right. no. It makes sense if you talk about okay. it first. Mine's like um, the other echelon on the table. Can we um? Can we pack away Jurgen Klopp as a myth now? Can we pack him away as? Yeah, you can do this pressing, this gate impressive high intensity football for a little while, but with that squad, with that squad and players you got, with that defence and with them goalkeepers, you ain't really gonna get that far. I think this summer will be interesting. You, see, see what he does in the summer. Cause you look at his buys, really, they ain't that good. There's no one come in there that's really made an impact. No, I mean, I think they thought. Cause did they bring Clavin the same time as Matip? Or was yeah. Clavin there before? Yeah, no, they brought both because I think some... I think Matip's a good player. Yeah. But that Clavin obviously ain't affected them how they have, uh, how they want it to. At the end of the day, the buck stops with a goalkeeper. If you ain't got a goalkeeper, the defence ain't going to be that exactly. good. Exactly. And, um, so there's only a certain amount of time that you can keep the ball away from your goalkeeper. Can you tell you what I'm worried about? This what? was created to Liverpool. I, th- yeah. I think he would be a perfect signing for Liverpool Football Club. Or Arsenal. Yeah. I, I, no, I think he would. Or, or even Spurs. To, well, I know they've got Dembele and Wayne Yarman out. How so. much do you reckon Liverpool have spent in the last... Since FSG took over? Christ. Uh, a fair amount, I think. £600 million. Pounds. That's a lot of money, isn't it? And you, I think it was, That's a lot of money to replace Luis Suarez. Got rid of 35 players and bought in 55, yeah? Mm. That, that's not good enough for me. No. No. Uh, anyway, point I want to make. Leicester City. Uh, first question... If their performances do carry on like they had this season, and it gets to sort of five games to go and you're in a proper relegation scrap, would you get rid of Ranieri, or do you think they need to keep him out of respect? I don't know. Yeah, there's two ways of looking at it, mm. and I think I think um, what's his name, uh, Gary Neville, is banging what he was saying about um, it would make me hate football a little bit. Yeah. If if they were to do it, but it wouldn't shock me. Would not shock me. No, Cash Smith come out at the end of the day, uh, yesterday, sorry, and said there's only so long he can rely on last season. Last season's gone now. He was quite brutally honest. Yeah, and, was... and that interview said to me there's something wrong in that dressing room as mm. well. Mm. Because if if there wasn't, if he'd come out and say like, like there's 14 games left, two yeah. or three wins, we're back, we're right back, we we were determined to turn this round. But there was none of that sort of language or tempo to be. No, speaking he, was it? He used words like sort of embarrassing and stuff like that, and didn't. No, make, fair, and, fair play. And he was fucking yeah, balling up. Really honest. Uh, oh, well, that was our Premier League round. That was our little Premier League round. I'll we'll probably do it most weeks. To be fair, now it gets it's closer. Getting, it's getting yeah, busy. Yeah, the business. We're, we're, we're both saying Chelsea for the title, aren't we? Though. Yes, like... they just look too good. I mean, you always say to yourself, "Don't write teams off too early," but Chelsea just look far too yeah. good. One game a week, mate. As well, they're not in Europe, are they? One game yeah. a week. Uh, just finally, where do you think we'll finish? Just first of all, give me a figure what, of where, what, where you... Vaguely, or a, you want a direct position? I want a direct position right first. Then. 14th. 14th, is that good enough? If you if I said to you at the start of the season, and finishing the 14th... No, I'd have been gutted. I would have been, but you ask me now, mm. I'll be happy. Yeah. And if we can get top 10, mm-hmm. if we can get top 10, I think he deserves a medal. 
yeah. to be fair. And I'd agree. I'd, 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 uh, Talk Sport done like a supercomputer predictor, and they said we're going to finish ninth. But I'd, I'd take 10th, 11th. And again, at the start of the season, I would have thought, oh, we could have pushed on more. I think well, I was over the top six. Yeah. Getting in and around the top six. But the way it's transpired with everything, i.e. Payet and other teams being as probably strong as they are. But I just think Billich needs to be backed in the summer. And with the play, well, we, can, we ain't talk about this again, but we've, there's got to be no infight and no friction between no. what players, if Billich wants them, Billich gets them for me. Yeah. For me. Uh, so that's West Brom preview done. Anyway, we're bringing in a new feature. It's going to be another weekly feature because I was cleaning out my old room the other day and I found a very interesting book, which is West Ham United on this day. So that's history, facts and figures from every day of the year. £3 out of HMV. Is it still got a sign Lovely purchase. Lovely purchase. Oh, I don't know when it bought. I don't know when it was bought. It was a Christmas present, wasn't it? Lovely picture of Tony Cotty. Tony Cotty. And he's Avco. So it's, today we're recording it, Monday the 5th of February. So... Oh, I've gone past the page. Oh, bear with me a second. Bear with, bear with. Oh, there's loads of them. So I get you ain't. You just picked it up, haven't you? There's no. No, I folded the page, but I oh. thought it, I thought it was a sixth today. Or is it a sixth? Well, we're actually. No, it's a six. It's six, isn't it? Yeah, it's a sixth. Yeah, I've yeah. got my date for, dates wrong. But <coughs> it is a sixth. So I was right in the first place. I apologise for that te- technical error. That's right. We're, we're this right. is a new feature. It's so no, yeah, this it's a very detailed feature. We'll pick up an old ratty book that just. <laughs> So, Saturday the 6th of February, 1971. I feel like this is story time. Um, I can't have done this, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, West Ham played Derby County in the first division at Upton Park. The main talking point was that Bobby Moore had been named as a substitute. The Rams were in good form and were leading 3-0 at half-time. Bobby Moore came in on the second half and almost immediately, Peter Eustace pulled a goal back, but the game ended in a 4-1 defeat. Well, one thing that I have to do some research about, that was around the time of the, the nightclub incident. Yeah, it could might, have been. Yeah, it might have been, you know. After that Tina and Bobby documentary yeah. as well. Uh, and just a second point as well. Thursday the 6th of February, 1986. West Ham were going well in the first division in the 1985-86 season. But league ambitions were put on hold this snowy Tuesday evening. As the Hammers focused... This Tuesday... They, there's a misprint there. Because it says at the start, Thursday the 6th of February. Now it says Tuesday evening. Oh, well, we got, well, there's some anyway. serious question marks about yeah. this book already. <laughs> Two points in. Who wrote this? John Nevercott, legend. John Northcott. No. <laughs> I'm going to try and get at him on Twitter and see what he's got to say about himself. Oh, yeah, I've got some uh, information, not for, this, not for the podcast, but I've, I've thought of another interview we could do, and it's very obtainable. We'll, we'll keep that private secret service. Yeah. Uh, as the Hammers focused on the FA Cup fourth round second replay against Ipswich Town at Portman Road, a snow-covered pitch meant a red ball had to be used, and for the mush, mush of the match, it looked like the replay would need to be settled the tyre. Settled the tyre, sorry. It wasn't until Tony Cotty scored an extra time goal for a 1 0 win. Oh, well. Might be more organised next time. Yeah, but... it was a bit. No, but um, I want to get someone to read it. Who can we get to read it? Like, I've got paid, bro. I'm blessed. <laughs> Drive by, bro. I'm blessed to pay him to do it. Danny Dyer. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that was a good little feature. That's what I like. Transfer review. So let's just do sort of an overview. So let's start off with the people we did sign. Obviously, starting off with Nathan Holland, the youngster. Again, he's one well, for the future, well, so we don't know much about that's him. That's got a bit just on one but I thought, thing. Yeah, I thought we should give him a mention. Tony Henry pick-up, yeah. I think. Tony Henry, because he, he's got links with Everton in the past, so he obviously knows him. Mm-hmm. So and he's mates with Reece Oxford, I think. Oh, so, yeah, no. But I know, I know we've covered this anyway, but Jose Fonte and Robert Snodgrass, again, they're Premiership class players, so... That's what we need. We signed what we needed. Don't get me wrong. Well, we'll come on to this now, actually. You don't you do not do a lot of business in January, really. No, but we, I think we needed to. What impact could not spending in this window have on our long-term future? Because I'm of the theory that if our season went downhill again now, and we finished 16th, 17th... Players could leave. Players could leave, which again leaves us with in a shitstorm in the summer. Because if you get lights of Lanzini, Kiarte, Crestwell all leaving... It sort of rip, rips the heart out of our uh, team. Never day. But again, that's looking at the worst possible scenario. Side. But as a West Ham fan, you're used to that's it. the only way you can look at it. And at the end of the day, I know this is going to sound like a broken record, but this damn tweet James Longman put up the other day when you retweeted. Yeah. And and it was, it was a case of like, well, it was 14, 13, 14 points clearing relegations only February. Mm-hmm. So they basically looked at it. There was an open case with just like loads of money mm-hmm. in it. Didn't see that. That's our owners, and I just think that's I like. I don't I hate them at all. They're not bad owners. They're, mm. they're sensible business people. But unless they're going to decide in the summer to put hundred million pound plus into it, this is where we are. This yeah. is the this is the top side of where we are. So I think you agree with me that overall 
that window weren't good enough. Especially when you like, I don't care about the whys and wherefores. When you lose arguably your best player, yeah, you don't really make a big effort to replace him. I mean, the argument is could be that they lose sort something out in the summer as well. Got Lanzini. But yes, I mean, we both agree, like we just said, that Snodgrass are probably good signings. But for a number of basically years now, we've said we need a right back. Well, since Jenkins has gone. And for even longer, we said we need another striker. Yeah, and we still ain't addressed it. Andy Carroll gets injured. Our attack looks weak as piss. Yeah. How much money will we have to spend in this summer, do you think? Again, that's a million dollar question, 50, isn't it? Probably. Top, top, top end, top level. We're looking at probably 50 million quid. But it's not, not going to be enough. Just off the record, two of our targets from last summer. I hope it's not off the record because it's on, this is on a podcast. Oh no, just, that was the wrong phrase again. But anyway, <laughs> just, just, just on a side note, that's what I mean. Uh, two of our targets from last summer, so Lacazette and Bakker, both looking to leave their clubs. Lacazette wants to leave because he wants a new challenge, and Bakker's had a bust-up with the AC Milan coach on the touchline. Lacazette go to Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe, if Fenger's still there. Um, Bakker, well, he messed us around too much in the past. Me, I don't. Well, I don't know if he did, I just don't think he wanted to come. And we just like persisted with him and like he didn't want to come. I don't, I don't want none of that this time actually. No. I have what I have what we get these players in one. If we don't want to fuck run around with our knickers down again. Just, knickers? Alright, it's in. It's in no, it's in, <coughs> no, I don't want no embarrassments this summer to be honest with you. So no, in an ideal world, who would you sign in the summer? Well, a right back, anyone. Is Luke Young still alive? <laughs> um, Tony Hibbert. Well, no, we, we, the thing is, I'm not going to name names, but we need to be getting deals done now. <coughs> well, like I've raised this point to you the other day after the City game. It's all well and good, sort of looking into potential targets and like saying, oh yeah, he's my number one target. But you've got to have a backup plan, which we didn't have this summer. We went so after all you, our number one targets. So you have backup plan next summer. Jermaine Farm. That's what we'll end up with. Yeah. And I'm not, not I was I wanted him in this summer, this mm-hmm. window, because I thought it would be a stopgap signing. Yeah. If, if we signed him in the summer, I'd be a bit, meh, you know? Yeah. Because I, I wouldn't think, mind if we signed him along with someone else. Yeah, like along with, with a Lacazette, yeah. for argument's sake. Um, but, in terms of Pyatt, just because he's an outgoing, because we should talk about a transfer window. Yeah. We couldn't really do a lot about it. I know we've we done him to death, but we just, that was something that was, we no. dropped, out, dropped in our doorstep and we dealt with it, I think, quite well. Yeah, and I mean, Brady and Sullivan have come out and said that we got a bad deal for him, but at the end of the day, the players didn't want him there. And if he didn't yeah. want to play for us, yeah. that's, at the end of the day, as soon as the players said, that's it, you know what I mean? Like, did, did you hear what uh, that French newspaper, Lily Quip, have said about him? They've called him Pudding, pudding Belly. And they've proper taken piss out of him and stuff. Him. Oh. I want to go to France, which is my West Ham show at the start. I was thinking bold in the Marseille. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let's move on to happier times. Another weekly feature, quiz time. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing better this week. I want to do better this week. Well, it's only there. It's out of five this week. That's that's what we like. So I want you to name our top goal scorers this season in the league. But uh, well, we in in well, order, a five player scored goals. Five players, yeah. Carol, obviously number one. Right. Mickey? Yep. How many do you think he scored? He ain't scored for a little while, actually. Six? Eight. Carroll's behind him. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, just on a flip side, it would have been Snodgrass in there because he scored seven yeah, for Hull. But I don't count. But I don't count. So then Carroll, yeah, in second. Uh, He's on six, isn't he? Yep. Um, Manu? Yes. Got to be in How many? Four? Yes. Um, Fourth. This person scored three. I know, I know, can I go with number five? Yeah. I know number he's got to be Pyatt, surely, isn't it? Pyatt's joint on to, fifth. On two. Pyatt scored two and he's joint fifth with someone else. Nobes? He's got a, he's got Nob, Nobes is fourth. He scored, he's... With three goals. Three. So he's joint Who? fifth with Pyatt, scored two goals. Really? Yes. Ah! You've got four out of five. Obviously, you messed up the Antonio one at first, but... Yeah. No, fair play, I'm impressed with that. That's quite quick as well, yeah. and it's quite decisive. <laughs> anyway, former Hammer Weekly, and I've gone towards the Academy for this one, because I found out a bit of news about this person recently, so I thought I'd grab him in there. Bonds and Gala. Oh, I know where we're going with this. I have, know you, have you heard? Yeah. Have you heard? It's quite strange. It's quite a strange yeah, story. Uh, joined West Ham in 2006 at the age of 13, and he's still a lifelong Hammer. 
made his first team debut in September 2009, coming on as a 63rd-minute substitute in a 3-1 League Cup defeat away at Bolton. Coincidentally, this turned out to be his only first-team appearance for the club, and he was released in 2010. Since us, he's gone on to join Plymouth, Yeovil, Stevenage, Barnet on loan, Portsmouth, then went back to Barnet permanently, then went to Eastleigh, which he was released. That was strange. They signed him for quite a lot of money, for yeah. conference money, in December. <laughs> they signed him in December, and two months later, he left Eastleigh by mutual consent. They paid 95 grand for him, but they said in the time they was there, they spent 100 grand on him. So whether that was in wages and appearances and stuff. Yeah, on the 2nd of February 2017, <coughs> this is a bit you know about as well. He's paid, he's done his yeah, mate. He's yeah. paid for a third, can't play for a third club. On the 2nd of February 2017, Angola seemingly signed for League One club Gillingham until the end of the 2016-17 season. However, later the same day, the deal fell through when the club became aware that regulations regarding the number of clubs which a player can play in a single season was being breached. Because now, I can add a bit of detail to this mm-hmm. Now, um, uh, conference teams count as professional teams. Yep. So, because before, they didn't, so that's why it counts as... And obviously, FIFA Rules, you can only play for two yeah. clubs in one year. I still want to do my 92 club challenge. That's a nice number yeah. point. But we'll, we'll... We'll come on to it anyway. Anyway, let's move on to questions. We uh, got two in today. One very recently from uh, the Josiah Street on Twitter, if you want to give him a follow. It's, uh, do you think Mancini is poised to be appointed director of football? I love Bilic, but two of his main summer targets were Zaza and Tora. That's, that's a spin I'd never thought of, actually. Is, I'm just going to say, is this is director, is this is this a possibility? The director of football thing? Is that, is that something that's... I'm not sure whether... Well, Josiah, if, if you can get back at us, is it something you've just sort of put two and two together? Or have you heard it somewhere? So but again, it's a, it's a decent theory. And then it comes back to what we were saying about maybe they don't want to give him as much control. <coughs> yeah. Over... And but in a way, I hope that they don't, because that for me it'd be seen as trying to phase Billich out. Yeah, Billich, Billich will be gone within two months. If yeah, that happens because it just. And just another point to raise, you sort of mentioned uh, Tora and stuff, but was that or well, obviously Tora was, but Zaza was that Billich or was it the owners? Um, I can categorically say I think like even though Billich likes him, but at the same time. Zaza Tolan was after Zaza for ages. Mm-hmm. He said on KMB podcast how much he wanted him to start a last season. Yeah. So, end of the day, like, our, our, summer, our summer equipment was shit. Yeah. And that's why we need to rectify it this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I'm a big fan. I am a Billich. Yeah. And I'm going to make the point again. On, with this squad and with this, with these owners, with this budget, I don't think Mancini will make that much of a dramatic improvement. No, well, like, like I can't even think that far ahead yet because I think there'll be a massive outcry and rightly so if Billich was to go. Just to say, this is where all this has come from is Mancini was at the game. Yeah, and, and he then, commented on the atmosphere at Olympic Stadium and stuff like that and so, about how he wants to get back into the Premiership. Hopefully it's nothing, but at the end of the day, I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know no more. But anyway, another question from uh, a good friend of ours and who's the host of the Cafe Football. No. No. So is that from Joey? Yeah. Uh, he's talk, talk on FP. Talk on FP. My bad. We did interview him though, didn't we? Yeah. Well, he didn't, didn't interview us, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's put thoughts on Reece Oxford loan move and what potential he has with the club going forward. Yeah, Stan should surely help him. Well, this is where the, cause we tweeted about this. This is where the exclusive comes in. Because again, we're not going to name any names or how we know them, but we've got a f- mate who works for the club. In the academy specifically. In the academy specifically. And he said that, uh, obviously, Reece Oxford, nothing against him because he's a top lad. But in the last year or so, the club have made him out much similar to Pyatt to be this sort of hero figure and a golden boy. But in actual fact, uh, Reece Oxford, or sorry, there's a young player called Declan Rice, who's the under-21s captain, who's been on the bench a couple of times, is actually better than Reece Oxford. And I think they're about the same age. Yeah. Reece Oxford's on 20 grand a week it's Declan Rice on 2.5 grand a week and struggling to get that but apparently by his account and by a lot of people at the club's account obviously not the higher echelon yeah. people but the lower people people, were, people that know them, yeah people, people, people that know them uh, this Declan Rice is better than Reece Oxford which I thought was interesting again we were so we were so desperate I'm not going to slag off Reece Oxford because he ain't even achieved nothing yet but we were so desperate to keep hold of Reece Oxford mm. that 
again, we moved heaven and earth for him and made him a video. Hopefully, I, like, I, I completely agree with what, what Joey's just said. I think moving to his work with Yapstam yeah. can only be helpful to his development. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, British is sent off as well, so hopefully, this time next year, he'll be, I hope, in the first team. First team regular. Yeah. And I mean, just because I'm saying that Declan Rice is better than him, I'm not knocking him and saying he ain't got a future at West Ham because I think in the next couple of years he could become... I think it's more about the point of the culture we create around, yeah. the, around these players. The club creates this, this culture of these players are worldies without even really them doing a lot. Yeah. We've done it with Pyatt and with the, to a lesser extent we've done it with, we've done it with Oxford now. Mm -hmm. Anything else you wanted to add overall before I do a summing up? No, this is, I think this has been a really insightful, sensible podcast, actually. Yeah, it's not... Makes change, doesn't it? Uh, but anyway, as we mentioned at the start of the podcast as well, there's a young footballer who used to play for West Ham, got released last season, it's called Amos Nasher. Unfortunately, lost his mum a couple of years ago, and just before Christmas, lost his dad as well. He's got a younger brother whose name escapes me. Uh, I think he's about 16, he's doing his uh, GCSEs. But they're in, living in a rented accommodation... And within the next few weeks, they could actually be kicked out. So there's been a uh, GoFundMe page set up. It yeah. ain't just giving me, I think it's GoFundMe. But I'll retweet it after this podcast as well. Jack, Jack Collison retweeted it. Yeah, Jack Collison retweeted it. For anyone that can support, support him. Because, as I mentioned as well, West Ham fans are very good at supporting one of their own. And this kid really is one of his own. Well, well, one you're of with us, you're with us forever. Uh, right. So, if you, as we mentioned at the start of the podcast as well, uh, done an interview with Kingsley. Nick's boyfriend last no, week. Good, good interview. Uh, you can get that on www.footballpurist.com. Also, our interviews with Jack Collison and Matt Dickinson, which seems an age ago now. Uh, the Twitter for this podcast is Get Hammered FP, where you can ask us questions, comments, get involved, discussion points, like the Josiah Street and uh, Joey did tonight. And please, please, please rate us as five star on iTunes because yeah. that will get us up the iTunes charts. Uh, and you don't have to leave a comment, literally just rate us five stars. No, yeah, yeah. Um, it just make it, make it easier for us to obtain it using that. Yeah. Uh, my personal Twitter is Jackie Davis, Nick's is Wheelchair Sheen. The podcast is running in association with Football Purists. And I'd just like to make a point yes. about my Twitter account quickly. I had some problems where I had to phone up Twitter <laughs> to, phone, to get my Twitter account reactivated. And then suddenly my followers went, and my um, following, people I was following went down to none for a couple of hours yeah. while it was getting recalibrated. Then I started getting loads of abuse. <laughs> saying, um, why, why have you put all your followers down? Do you think you're a big charm Charlie? Just like, it looks like you've got loads of followers and that. No, it was just a slight technical problem. So I'm sorry. <laughs> Everything's all right now. Hashtag Twitter Yeah. Face. Get out. Uh, <laughs> I know it wouldn't be a podcast about Nick having a rant about someone. <laughs> you might have got really red as well. You know, you might have to hit something. Oh, I know. But uh, you can get me on Facebook at Jackie Davis, Nick, uh, no, Jack Davis, Nick, uh, Nick Davis, I forgot your name. Yeah, right? that's, that's me. Uh, but again, <laughs> Nico. <laughs> once again, uh, for all the podcasts on the network. And until next week after West Brom game, we're out. over and out. <laughs> <laughs>